Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we got a special treat for you. I'm going to bring in my guest and let her introduce herself. I am Jean Amelor. Did I say my name correctly? <laughs> you absolutely did. It is a pleasure to have you on the show today. A pleasure to be here. Awesome. Why don't we start off the podcast with a brief description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there? Sure. So I am a business coach for coaches and consultants, and I help them to, and also certain service providers, I help them to get to high income months without ads, tech, or complicated funnels. It's called organic marketing. Um, I also have a very high end offer for CEOs, celebrities, and icons that's called private label advisory. But usually I don't talk about that that much because it's, you know, by word of mouth. So how I got here, well, I have been a coach for 13 years. I was offline for eight years, and that was really kind of keeping me poor, to be honest, John. <laughs> and then four years ago, I decided that I really needed to turn things around because I'm a single mom with two kids. And I got online, and I cracked the code on what's called organic marketing. That means no ads. And I got myself to a million dollars in 17 months. And the people were asking me, how did you do that? And I kept growing and I helped a lot of people in COVID actually. And I'm now at over 3 million and we've helped over 400 coaches, consultants, and online service providers. Wow. Okay. So you start, you've been doing it for a while and then it, uh, I guess COVID really helped you. Well, actually I was going so well, I wasn't sure whether COVID helped stay the same or it, it, it was going so, maybe it did. Maybe it did because more people needed to get online. Perhaps it did, but we were already, I was already on a roll before that. And I had actually gotten online just a few months before COVID. So it was really providential that I was positioned for that. Right. Now, here's the thing that I'm curious about. Like, like you say, you're doing everything organic, right? Like, how do you do that organic? Because let's be honest, the social media funnels are so congested that um, not many people see your stuff anymore. Right. And that's the thing with the, tech funnels. There's so many funnels and landing pages and ads, and there's a lot of tech being creative, created by coaches who get online and they, oh, I'm just going to build a funnel. And there's a lot of busy work being done, creating all this tech, okay? Funnels, landing pages and offers and clicking and all that. Because many coaches feel that if they just build this tech stuff, people are just going to click on it. Well, that's not true because a funnel is a funnel, whether that's talking to somebody at a networking event, that's a funnel. Whether it's, you know, Anything is a funnel. So for me, what I did was I stripped away all that tech and stuff that people are working on, just doing busy work to get people to actually speak to other people online. And that's really what I teach is, is speaking to people because a sales call is speaking to people. The lead generation is speaking to people. So what I did, because I'm not techie, I couldn't even use Zoom when I got online. People had, to, a colleague had to make a loom to show me how to use Zoom. That's how backwards I was with tech. So I proved to people that you don't need to be techie and no funnels. And because that's a headache when you don't know about that stuff and you don't have a web and a, an IT person, you're trying to figure that out. And it's not what you're doing. You're not, you're not there to build tech. You're there to coach people and help people with their lives or businesses, right? So I stripped away all the unnecessary stuff and I help content you need. And you need to be able to talk to people and approach them and get them on a sales call. So that's what I teach. It's a very simple method and it works and anybody can do it. You just need to know how to do the coaching piece. I'm not coaching people on how to do their actual coaching. What I figured out is most coaches are really good at what they do. Like these life coaches, they're really good at life coaching, but they just can't get clients. So it's a real, there's a real shame going on that these people are really good coaching, 
but they're not good at the business side and getting clients. Interesting. Well, that's the thing, right? Because everyone today feels that uh, they just go out there and say, hey, I'm a realtor. Call me and I can help you buy a home. And mm. then they look at the phone waiting for it to ring. Then it doesn't ring. No. I mean, there's that conception. Like everyone thinks it's easy. Like what I think happened today is what I call the Instagram effect which I think is short form for instant gratification. People do something and if they don't get an immediate response, well, I tried, it doesn't work. And then they want to move on. Right. And, you know, so that, it's fascinating because you're, uh, from what I'm understanding, maybe I'm hearing wrong, but you're beyond just the internet. Like you're talking about like a, a funnel is like every aspect of your business, every interaction is some form of a funnel. Well, actually I used to coach on that kind of a funnel. I used to be, I, I used to coach people on networking and I was a public speaker and, you know, but Going offline when we have online is a waste of time because if you look at the numbers, if I dress up and go to a networking event, there might may or may not be some coaches there. There may be none. So then I've driven, gone, spent time babbling with people because it's a waste of time, you know, idle chatter because nobody really likes talking to people. They all know they're there just to try to sell themselves, but there's all this filler talk, right? <laughs> so you're there <sighs> wasting time. May, I may or may not have my avatar, my, my ideal market. So that would mean that maybe I've gone there and it's been a waste of my half of my day. Okay. So it's very, and also a very limited number. And let's say there are two coaches and they say, yeah, I'm sort of interested. Get on a call. That's two possibilities. Online, you have billions of possibilities and you can meet many people and not waste time and you can qualify them very quickly without driving up. So there is a gold mine of human beings being on the internet. So I am talking about the internet. Sure. If you're somewhere and somebody asks you what you do, sure. Take that client. But that's, that's not a good model because the numbers aren't there like online. So when I got online, I was like, wow, there's billions of people that I can talk to and position myself because a lot of people, they're great at what they do. All they're missing is the connector, which is called leads, lead generation. And I, I, I think a lot about this. If most coaches and consultants, most people had the number of leads they needed, they all, they'd all be billionaires. Most businesses lack good leads and then they take it personally and they think they're not good at what they do. They just don't have enough leads. They're client poor, I call them. Yeah, absolutely. Now the part I'm going to, you know, where I'm confused with is how do you reach them? Like, sorry, and maybe I should preface this a little bit because I'm still on the firm belief that you got to pay to play. And oh, um, okay. I, I believe that's, yeah, right. And I'm not saying that people out there don't have organic reach at all and they can't make a business from that. I'm going from my personal experience right. and maybe because I'm not really shy to spend. And I mean, we've talked about my background and maybe that kind of gives you an indication why I'm not shy to spend. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that, uh, so I've come from that preference that you have to pay to play and that's where you get the biggest bang for your buck and biggest reach mm. um like i do an organic post and um i think at best i get is like maybe at best i got with an organic one is about four thousand people reach i mean that's actually quite good terrible amount. right well this is the deal you yeah but but the average is about 300 right mm. so when you're looking at that or even less what's the process but you yet? see the thing is people yes. are too obsessed with views and likes you could get, I know people that have a hundred thousand people following them on Instagram, yet they get no clients because they don't know how to convert those people. I know people that have a thousand people following them and they make a hundred K a month because they do know how to sell to their people. So it's not just about posting and waiting. Now, as far as I'm glad you spoke about this because, um, certainly ads can work depending on your budget, right? You have a budget. 
So if a coach starts and they don't have a huge budget, they can zip through 30K and it doesn't work and then they're done. Then they don't know what to do. True. And I get a lot of people that say I was sold ads prematurely. So they do not have a validated offer and those ads won't work. They won't work. And, and the coaching industry is so saturated as far as ads that it's hard to make those ads work for coaches now. That, 10 years ago, seven years ago, that was not the case. You could just put an ad and everybody would click on it, right? So sure, if you have a budget, sure, spend it on ads. If you have that kind of budget to burn, sure thing. Most coaches don't have that budget and it's not smart to do that when there's no offer that we know is working. So they're just basically throwing money down the drain on a lotto ticket. Okay. So what you should do and what I recommend, which works because it worked for me, do I test ads? Sure. I have a budget for that now. Do they work well? Not really. Not like organic. I test everything. I've done like 70 K in ads, maybe not any of the ads have worked as well as organic. And it's been almost the same amount of work, but we've also spent the ad spend. So a lot of work dialing them in ad spend and on the back end is almost as much work as just booking an organic client. We've analyzed this. So I agree with the pay to play in one thing you need to get help with this. So if people think they're going to go online and piece together freebies, no, the pay to play is getting a coach that can show you this. That is the payment. Because if you pay for the insight of how to do organic, it's still paying for it, but you're not paying for the advertising. You're paying for the coaching and consulting on it. But as I said, I've tested many ads and none of them have worked as much. But of course, if you want to scale and, and reach more, you're going to want to then, um, you know, dump dump a lot of budget, but you need that kind of a budget to dump test, right? You know that, right, John? Yeah. You don't just say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. the problem is people don't understand the nature of paid advertising. They're told, oh, sure, we're going to do your ads for you. And it's going to blah, blah, blah. And in 12 weeks, 12 weeks, really? They think they're going to get their ROI. That is very rare. Okay. So what happens is you keep testing and you keep investing and it's an investment and you need to put aside 60K over five months or six months and say, I'm going to have to spend, or I have a kitty that's 60K. And I'm, and, and even at the end of that, you might not have ROI yet. You might just start getting a couple of clients and think that in another three months, you might just break even. So people are not taught the psychology of advertising and the capital that you need. And that's the problem. They're told, oh, sure. We're going to run your ads and you're going to blah, blah, blah. This is not true. Okay. We all know it. Who, who know about advertising. So we need to have enough capital to be able to keep investing till you test them and they're working. And then, okay, phew, you know, we're all praying that it happens sooner than later because the ad spend's going down the drain. And that is why you need a budget because you shouldn't be doing ads if you can't lose the money that you're investing in them. It's like, a, it's like, it's like, I, it's like investing, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely agree with you on that. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? There's, and I found that, um, like, I mean, my, in my era, when I grew up and it was an era where you can have a ridiculous message, just like 25% off, 50% mm -hmm. off, you know, like the, the message should literally be buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. And that was enough. Yep. Now today it's not, but people still try to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I believe you can't go online with the intention of just promoting your products and expecting people to be waiting by the phone to call you. That's what happens. It's just not. This is what happens. Yeah. People aren't trained for the more sophisticated level of messaging. And so you see this all the time. They just spam. And because they don't know, they just think, oh, I'm just going to sell, sell, sell. Great. Sell, 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 but do it properly because people are more sophisticated now and they want stories. They want results. 
they want all sorts of stuff, right? And they want to know, like, trust you. They want to be your friend. <laughs> they, want, they, want, they want all sorts of stuff. So the point is that that's what I'm saying. You, they, people need a coach to help them or what they're doing is they're, they're living under false pretenses. I'll explain. They come, they're great coaches. I agree. A lot of people are great coaches. They don't know how to sell. Of course, nobody taught them business. There's no shame in that. Learn business, get a coach, right? But they've gone online and they go, well, I'm a really good coach. I should, they all, I keep hearing, I should be able to sell. And I say, why? Did anybody teach you how to sell? No. Then how could you should be able to sell? Are you a rocket scientist? No. Well, shouldn't you be able to rocket scientist? No, nobody taught me that. Same deal. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. It's like, I should be Monotov's yeah. number, whatever. Did anybody teach you piano? No, but I should do it. Nobody says that about piano or anything else or rocket science or anything. It's just business. Just with business, they should. Why? Where did the culture come from that we should know how to do business or it's shameful? It's not true. So people need to get humble about, I have an offer. I am great at my, my service, but I need to learn the business side of things. Now they don't, they go online or wherever. Offline used to happen the same thing. They'd hang their shingle up and go, oh, where is everybody? Well, you didn't market. <laughs> so they're nowhere. They're at home watching TV. <laughs> watching the commercials that people actually spent money on. That's what they're doing right now. Okay. But so, so they come online and then they say, well, it didn't work. And I'm thinking you, you, you basically stopped five feet from the gold because they didn't try anything to know if it worked. So they don't know it didn't work. And then they're demoralized and they don't think they're a good coach and they close their business. That's so sad to me. If they just gotten some kind of guidance and co coaching on it, then they would have had a successful business and that would have changed their lives because they really want to be coaches. Out of this demoralization, oh, it didn't work. What did you do? Well, I got a freebie online and it didn't work. Really? That's it. So there is a gap between, and this is, this is the problem with human beings. There's two kinds of human beings. I know there's a lot more, but I put them into two as far as marketing. There's the first type that says, I want this, whatever that is. I want financial freedom. I want to go on vacation. I want to create impact, whatever that is. I want stuff, maybe a car, but it's not always about stuff. It's about experience and impact sometimes and freedom. I want that. I'm great. You want that. What are you willing to get it? Not much. Okay. That's the first person. They're not willing to do what it takes. I, I mean, you know, legal, ethical, and moral, what it takes. I don't mean anything. Okay. Then you have no, the I other people that are, I want this. I want freedom. I want to be successful. I want to do this. I want to create impact of kids, blah, blah, blah. And I will do what it takes to get that. That's two different types of people. Okay. And that's, that's for almost everything. Yep. That's like, I want a good relationship. Are you willing to do it? No, I'm not. I want to be a jerk. Well, then you're not going to have a good relationship. <laughs> not going to happen. Right? <laughs> not going to happen. You say, no, no, definitely. You say you're going to get it. So that's where people need to get really real with themselves. Not just say they want stuff because they're damaging themselves because then there's this sort of half-baked desire that they're not really committed to getting, but, but then they kind of want it. It's never going to happen. And then they feel regretful it didn't happen. So it's better to just say, look, I want this. Am I willing to do? Nope, I'm not. Okay, I'm going to give it up and just live how I'm living and be happy. Right? Yeah, but there's this yeah. in-between in between of kind of sort of wanting, but not wanting, and then, and then they hate themselves. Does, you, does that make sense? No, I get it. I get it. Totally get it. And you're right. And it's, uh, 
and, and there's that component there too, right? So you're, you're you're right, and it goes back to what I said: people want everything instant, right? And then and then they give up. I mean, but there is a small breed that's willing to adapt and learn and change and adjust. Um, and then sometimes they just need direction. We all need direction, and if we don't know how to do something, the, the quickest path to success is getting coaching from somebody that's done what you've already done because you're you're saving so much time and pain. Now, of course, you know this better than I do because you've been in business longer than me. Not everything works. <laughs> Not everything works right away. There's testing. And so, as you said, that doesn't work once. And they're like, oh, that didn't work. Well, what in life ever worked the first time apart from business? So again, people think that business is the one thing in life that has to work immediately or we have a hissy fit. And I don't understand, actually, the more I read about this and think about this, that's like the only thing I know that people are pissed off about. It doesn't work right away. If they're learning a sport, they're not, they're like, oh, I have to practice, right? <laughs> you know, or they're learning a musical yeah, instrument yeah, yeah. or anything or go to college. It's three or four or five years, right? They're not like, oh, gee, I went to one lecture and I don't have a degree yet. <laughs> Nobody says that. So where did it happen? I'm, maybe you know the answer, John. Where did it happen that the one thing in life that we should just be successful at immediately is business? How did that happen? I because everybody watches everyone on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere and they uh, see 10 years worth of work and they think it uh, happened uh, from yesterday. So now they think if they can do it in a day, so can I. Or I should. And, you know, I mean, the most. Ex yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, and sometimes, believe it or not, I, I think sometimes it's uh, desperation. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is that they've gone through people have gone through so many things in life. There's been so many challenges. And sometimes what happens is that uh, people get beat down enough. Mm. They uh, end up getting laid off or whatever, and they just feel fed up. So sometimes it's like that desperate attempt to get out there and say, this is the last straw. I'm going to just try to do this on my own and call it a day. Right. But they do that on a whim without the research right. and without the understanding of what they're doing or clarity. Right. And then um, they get the bad results. And it's like, and, and it's almost like they need someone to pick them up and say, okay, what you're doing isn't wrong as much as how you did it. Right. Or, or just something, sometimes there's just something, you know, sometimes there's just something small missing the connector. I call it like sometimes there's all this great body of work. And then there's just like one small thing that would connect it to what would make it work. Sort of like plugging in a lamp to the wall and get in electricity. Sometimes it's that simple. Um, but then anyway, yeah. And you know, certainly I've been desperate. I, I, I've been through so much in my life. I get it. I get it. However, I always understood, well, there's another mountain to climb and I just got to take one step at a time. Right. And that's the other thing. I think we have a problem where we're labeling things as failures. Things are not failures unless you give up. Right. If you give up and pack your bags, then you failed. Mm. And the other thing is not all failures are bad because you learn from them. Exactly. It's a test. You're, it's testing. And yep. from every failure, if you made it a, I was just talking about this with a, a mindset person yesterday on my, my, my podcast. And he said, you know, people don't see things in perspective because every single thing that they think was bad in their life, they analyzed it. They would be able to see a lot of good things that came out of that because of that. Right? So like, for instance, I was down and out. Okay. Down and out, broke, single mom, deep, deep dead. Okay. It seems bad, right? Like, oh, terrible. But what happened? Because of that, I was so motivated to get out of it and help other people that we have, I have helped hundreds of people. I wouldn't have bothered to do that if I were mildly successful. You'd be like, oh, I'm fine, you know, or maybe, or you know what I mean? 
but it, it was so motivating. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I, I want to help myself. I'm going to help so many people that are in this position of desperation, because I know what you're saying, okay, to create a business from almost nothing. I mean, it was a laptop and a phone that I did it with, right, on my own. I had like an assistant for three hours a day here and there, and I got to them. I was an exponential business. I didn't even know what that was. I was just doing it. So that was my mission, and I, I wasn't yet emotionally connected, which I am now, I'm extremely emotionally connected to helping people to thrive. That happened because I went through that. I had to go through that. So I don't, I don't go, oh my gosh, that was so regretful. I'm like, wow, that, that actually had a purpose. But at the time it really sucked, right? (laughs) You're like, oh, I just get me out of this, but we have to keep going. We have to, we can, we don't have to, I invite people to, I invite people to, Try to understand that sometimes life has a longer arc. The story has a longer arc and you're like maybe this far in the arc and it keeps going. You're like, oh, that's the reason that was happening. Cause there's, there's gold at the end of this rainbow. And I think it, if anything, it's that. Now, if we give up, we've given up. And then what do we do? What we end up going down, 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 down. And we're on like, I don't know, social security. That was one of my fears. I'm like, I will not be on social security. I won't do it. So we have to find our why. Why do we want to be successful? Is it to help our wives, kids? What? Because even if you're not married and don't have kids, because you're sick of living like this and you're you're determined, but it's not going to be some burst that happens in a week. People do that. They have bursts of energy and then they're done. Yeah. It has to be a sustainable, yes, have bursts, but then you got to sustain the effort because otherwise it's just amateur. I'm just going to give it one. Ah, now I'm tired. (laughs) You know, people do that. They do that working out as well. It's like, I'm going to get fit. And they do it for like two days. Oh, I'm exhausted. Instead of just sustainably adding something that they can sustain over time rather than working out, you know, three hours a day and thinking I can't sustain three hours a day. So it's, it's just a human nature thing. And I think if we learn to master this emotion of impatience and say, okay, and why, why you really need to know why, because you don't know why there's no reason to do stuff in life. There's just no reason, you know, like why do it? Because I want money. Well, why do you want the money? Because I want to help my mom. Okay. That's the reason actually, because you want to help your mom and you need money for that. It's not the money. Makes sense. No, I get that. I get that. Why is what's going to get people to, uh, you know, pretty much continue on the path. Right. Um, now I think a key component, a lot of people, uh, ask the question, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I think that's the wrong question. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the most important question is who. Right. And what I mean by that is that you can know how to do all the wonders of the world, but if you're talking to the wrong people, it'll get you nowhere. Absolutely. You have to figure out what what you want to do. You know why you want to do it. And then you have to figure out what you want to do. And you need to know who you need to be around and who's your audience, who is going to buy for you from you, who has your uh, money. Who has the uh, the need for your service? And when you know your who and you know what room you're in, then you know who to sell to, and therefore how to do something then becomes applicable. Right. And there's a book by was it Dr. Benjamin Hardy called the Who, not the, the How, I think, or the Who, not the What. I can't it's remember. Who, not I, How. Yeah. I actually have it. But to me, my thing is who can help me get this? Who can do that service for me, even though I could do it myself, but I don't have time. So who can do that for me? Who can show me what they did and coach me? Because I have a lot of coaches, whether that's mindset or business or, or, or even investing. It's like, 
who knows how to do this? Well, it's not me. And I'm not going to spend 10 years doing that because that's a waste of time. Why don't I, who, oh, I'll hire that person to show me. So when you get a bunch of people, it's like, you just have a bunch of advisors on all different things. And it makes you so much stronger because you're not ending that you know everything because we don't. (laughs) And if we had to learn everything from scratch, we we would need more than one, two lifetimes. So we want to collapse time by using other people's knowledge. That's the who for me is who can get, who can help me with that? Who do I need to pay actually? And sometimes it's just, you know, who do I know to talk to, to get some advice? But usually it's about me thinking, who can I pay for their expertise? Because I, as you said, pay for play. I think the same way when it comes to coaching, who can I pay? Cause I know I'm just going to get, that's going to be the real deal. I'm going to pay and they're going to give me everything. Right. So, yep. so that's where the pay Absolutely. to play for me, the pay to play. Yes, of course I'm running ads and I test a lot. They're not working yet, by the way, but, um, it's really about collapsing time because we only have a very limited amount of time. And I know this is a cliche, but it's real. We're not going to get this hour back ever. Right. I'm very no, selective no, about whose not. podcasts I'm on because we don't want to waste my time. My, my team, we looked at you. We're like, okay, that looks like a good one because people are squandering their time and they're not valuing their time in their lives. And that's really, for me, my main concern is where's my time going? And if I can hire somebody to collapse that, I'm, I'm in. That's worth more than anything, right? Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Now, here's the other question, right? Like, cause let's be honest, there's a lot of gurus online that are just that oh, gurus, yeah. um, with, uh, no practical, like some people like, you know, I, what's the term I've heard before? If you, uh, can't do, you teach. <laughs> and, um, usually that's a term to mock people, certain ones, mm-hmm. right? But the reality is there's some truth to it because everyone, there's a lot of people out there that have never had an ounce of success, but they're coaches. Right. And there is a difference. There's really, like you said, there's really good people out there, but there's also really bad people out mm-hmm. there. So for the people watching or listening, what would you say to look out for? Like, how do you determine who is, you know, in the group of someone who is credible and someone who's not credible? Because everyone can, you know, put all kinds of stuff online, even if it's fake. Right. Well, it depends on what the coaching is about. So for instance, Let's say you're hiring a business coach. You really want to see some client results. You want to see some. Now, personally, I have a page that has over 400 on it. So when you look at that, they're like, okay, there's no way she could, there's no way I can fake that in interviews and you can't AI that, right? You just can't. So that's the first thing, but it goes beyond that because I, I, I know coaches that do so-called what I do. However, I know a particular coach that, that, says he does what I do. And he spends a lot of money on ads because he had a prior business offline that was a other kind of business. So made a lot of money with another kind of business, decided he wanted to be a coach, had the budget for ads. Okay. He had the budget, did ads, podcast, everything, and teaches organic marketing. Now that's a problem. You know why? He's never done organic marketing ever. Okay. So the other thing to look for, and people don't, and some people have said to me, I hired a coach and I said, do they do organic marketing? And they said, Oh, you're right. They don't. They're teaching me that. It doesn't occur to them. Okay. So you really want to find somebody who's done what you want to do. So like I, I have only done organic marketing as my coach. I don't coach on ads because it's not what I do. That would be silly of me and we'd be wrong to coach people on ads. And it's not what I, how I've made my money. So I'm coaching on exactly the way I made my money. It's very aligned. So you want to ask if somebody's going to coach you on something. Have you done this yourself? That's a good question. Have you done this yourself? And sometimes, they 
Uh, well, no, but I've shown people. Oh, you've shown people. Great. But have you done it yourself? Well, no, that's, that's not going to be good. It's not going to end well. Okay. So for instance, a relationship coach. Well, if you're going to get a relationship coach, you really want a relationship coach that has a good relationship <laughs> or not a good relationship, yeah, yeah. right? Because if they haven't had a good relationship, how are they going to coach you on a good relationship? Again, the question be, what's your relationship? Like, uh, if they, I'm in awe, maybe not good. So it's really about also, um, a lot of coaches opt out. Like they, 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 they make a million dollars and then you never see them again. So, so they'll get salespeople, they get all people because they think they're too important at that point. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that way. I think about connection and people really want to see me and they're thrilled when I got on the sales call. So there's that. Sometimes there's these coaching programs and the coach, you never see the coach a week, maybe on a zoom, you can't really ask questions. There's a problem with that where their model is merely to churn money. And if you see that, that's not really wanting a help. It's like, well, I just want to like scale as much. I'm all for scaling in the right way. I want to help people make money in the right way, not the wrong way, which just all about the money and scaling and McDonald's coaching. I call it McDonald's coaching companies because a bunch of people, <laughs> it's a bunch of people not getting support, churning, attrition. They're all unhappy. And then after a while, those companies close down, but they've made their money and they go on to something else. It's not good. So things to look for are, has the person done what you want to do? Cause then you go, okay, you've done it. You're going to coach me on exactly. Yes, exactly what we've done. Uh, look for testimonials and, um, that's really all you can do and just use your intuition to, and also some sort of guarantee. If there's a guarantee, I have a guarantee and you know, it's in writing. So nobody has ever said to me, how do I know you're going to honor that? Not one person because they can tell also the way that I speak and the way I sell, it's heart-based. So nobody's ever said, I don't believe you, Jean Amlor, <laughs> ever. So it's really also about selling. If they're selling to you in a very spammy, pushy way, probably not good. It's a kind of an indication. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's not uh, confident in their abilities are going to try to uh, close you basically from the first sentence to the last sentence. You know, they're not going to, uh, you know, if someone's coming from an education point, the, the close part almost gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. If someone's kind of rushing to close, they're rushing to close you for a reason because they don't feel confident that you come right. back. So love that. Now, again, you said you got into debt in the beginning, right? Like, so when you got into debt in the, and, and all that, I kind of know the answer because I think we're from the same breed in this case is that um, there could have been an option of just grabbing a job. So how come you chose that? Like, instead of, you know, like you decided that the, that, that wasn't the route for you, you were going to, you know, find a different way and make sure you, uh, Mm. You know, actually work, I couldn't get a job. Lack of I couldn't get a job because I'm a single mom Interesting. and there's nobody pick kids up from school. So no jobs going to let the person leave their job at two 30 to go pick. If it's a nine to five job, you can't do that. There was nobody to pick my kids up if they went, I was homeschooling actually. And then I thought, wait, if I, then I did put them in school, but I was still able to do it because I was working from home, but there was just no way a single mom that hasn't had anybody to pick kids up and there's no school buses and all that. Right. So how do you get the kids back and from school? Not possible. So, and by the way, I'd already not been working for years. I'd already been a coach for eight years when I got into deep debt because it was because of a divorce. Actually, I don't get into debt normally It's because everything was sucked out of my life during that very expensive New York divorce <laughs> where it went on. And on. So the right, only right, right. reason I got into that much debt 
was not because of irresponsibilities because there was just no choice. I was like, I just need to keep, I just put everything on credit. And also the demoralization moving and the kids, I had to take care of, you know, it was not like it felt great. Right. So the point is happened that happened because of a life event. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to have to go into debt and, and just live and, and just, you know, live in the moment. And I think there's a point where you just have to sort of like surrender to what's going on and, you know, surrender and do what you can. And I thought, I just have to surrender, be present for my children. And I'm going to figure something out, which I did, but I thought, I'm just going to figure something out. It's not forever. It's not like I'm irresponsible with debt because I'm not normally. <laughs> it was the first time I've ever in that much debt. Um, but I, I paid it off. I didn't go bankrupt because that's my thing. I didn't want to declare bankruptcy. I'm just going to pay it all off. When I got online and um, I worked this out, I was able to chunk pay all that debt off, which was amazing. You know, just pay it off in a few months. So that was great. Um, it worked out, but it worked out because I believe in myself deep down, even though I was really demoralized, I thought, you know, I had a kernel of belief. I thought I'm meant to be this really successful coach and I know it. And I'm meant to help a lot of people. And that idea kept me going. And that, that idea, even though I wasn't feeling great about myself, you don't have to feel great about yourself all the time. You just have to have a belief that you don't want to settle. And I, by the way, I couldn't have got, I hadn't worked in so long. You know, when you haven't worked in so long, you don't have a history anymore. What job are they going to give you? You're over either overqualified or underqualified at that point. You're in between, right? So, so that's why yeah, yeah. I got to make this work. I got to get online and it's just has to work. So that was the attitude. It just has to work. And because there was no going back. I made it work and it wasn't easy. And my gut tells me, you know, even if the job thing was available, my gut tells me you wouldn't have done Probably that. not. Yeah, you, you know, you knew I knew way. my way. There was just no way I was going to work for somebody way. at that point again. There's just, I, I would have been completely, you know what? I'm very careful about my mental state. And I don't do things that I know might put me in a bad mental state, like becoming depressed. So I always think, hey, wait a minute. Is that going to make me feel depressed? Not doing it. <laughs> because once you go down that road of doing things that you know are not going to be good for your mental state, it's over. So that's why I thought, nope, I'd rather do this, you know, than go into that because that preserving your mental and physical health is paramount. That is the most important thing. And I was always careful. I thought, you know, I'm already a bit depressed about the whole situation. That's okay. I, I was holding, holding myself, you know, and I thought, you know, this is what I have to do. And it wasn't easy, but I was positive every day for my kids, you know, and they didn't see when I wasn't positive. I was, you know, just trying to not affect their mentalities and seeing negative stuff, you know? So my kid, after we got out of debt and I said, yeah, well, you know, we're doing really well. And I said, yeah, cause I was in so much debt. And she said, just recently, she went, you were in debt. I said, yes. And she said, well, I didn't know. I said, well, I wasn't going to tell you. I don't want to affect their money story. Right. Cause we always had a nice place to live in an organic food. And I, I never let them feel lack. I just never let them feel lack. It was just, yeah, we have what we need. And I didn't talk about having no money or we can't afford that. None of that. We just did what we did and I didn't dwell on it. She said, I thought we were rich the whole time. And I said, we were rich. We're rich in knowledge and love <laughs> and you know, abundance. And she said, okay, mom, you know, but that was great because she started crying because she was so grateful that I didn't put that on her, that, that I didn't drag her into my worries as an adult, which you shouldn't, right? It's not, kids don't need to know that. So she was really grateful that, that she wasn't burdened with all that. And it was just life went on as normal and we did everything. So that was my goal. And I, I achieved that. And I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's actually a good achievement. I agree. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, 
I'm a not, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but it's a perspective I never thought of because, uh, in terms of, you know, like you said, there is, uh, like there's no nine to five that a job that'll accommodate. Mm. And it's one of those things that I mean, maybe I've been self-employed so long and I've been so sheltered or whatever that it didn't dawn on me. Um, but it's one of those things that you would think, I mean, I understand in 1950, 1960, mm -hmm. when it wasn't even normal for a woman mm, to work, of course. you know I mean? As, as ridiculous as mm -hmm. that was, I, I can understand mm -hmm. that thought, right. And that perspective mm -hmm. there, what, uh, I'm just surprised in 2020 something or 20, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, 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 uh, yeah. is still something well, that's thing going is, on. Normally there's school buses. Okay. Yeah. But the school that I put them in didn't have a school bus. It was a small private school and about how I'm parenting. I'm an attachment. And I thought, I'm not going to go get a dumb job that's demoralizing when I really am. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a coach and I've been one for eight years and I was a good coach. This circumstance got me in this. And then also just the, the, uh, you know, your mind space is taken away from you when you're, you're in court for a year and a half. It's like, you know, hard to not, you know, put that aside. I did. I was still getting a few clients here and I did what I could. And I'm very good at sort of, but it wasn't like, yay, I'm going to scale my business. I feel great about myself. But the other thing is I do, I do agree though. We need to, um, we need to separate our businesses from how we're feeling. You know, like Jeff Bezos, when he has a bad day, we don't, the Amazon sales don't drop, you know? So there's that, True. but there's that, right? And I'm big on coaching people on that. Because, oh, they're having a bad day. So you don't do your job and your business fails. You got to put all of your personal problems aside in your business. However, if your whole life is just like, you know, every day being in court, it's hard to have the confidence to say, right now is the time to scale my business and go online. So I waited till that was cleared because I knew I wanted to go online and be fresh with it and like, okay, I'm done and not have that, you know, you know what I mean? It's different when you have a long life issue going on, right? That's different. Yeah, I get it. If you can't be 100% for yourself, you can't be 100% for somebody right. else. However, if we can't be 100% on days in our business, that's okay. Your business shouldn't go up and down because of your moods. We need to master our emotions, things going on. Our business is still running. Our clients are still serviced at the same level and everything is going as normal. Right, which is why I believe uh, in teams and building yes. a team. And it's who's on your team is just as important as the size of your team or having a team or what you do with it. Because, uh, you, you know, it, it, you can have the best attitude. You can be the best employee in your business. But if all you, all you need is one rotten apple that rubs the client the wrong way, and that could just decimate. Oh, 100%. 100%. I had a team member that did some pretty big, big sabotage, and it, it didn't take much to sabotage. And you really, you can't control everything, you know? You can't. No. And, and you just have to watch for that and get the bad apple out and hire somebody and train somebody. You're still, you're losing time though every time. That, and that's just life. There's, we also have to understand we can't control everything. You just control what you can. Human beings are human beings and keep going and fix stuff. That's how I think. Love it. Now, with that being said, it brings up the point because you can't control everything. At the same time, not every client that's going to come up, uh, you know, come upon you is going to be the right client. And there's going to be some people that like, look, we are, let, let's be honest. We all want to help as many people as we possibly can, but we can't possibly help everybody. And I don't mean sometimes it's not even just time. Sometimes somebody just has the wrong mindset and they're not willing to change. They won't right. bend. 
They won't uh, alter. They won't, uh, they're not really coachable or learnable. Um, how, what, what maybe I'm, I'm where I'm trying to go with this is that how do you, uh, how did you first determine who's, you know, if like, I'm sure you've come across people you could not mm-hmm. help. How did you figure that out? And uh, what was the result? And like, maybe share an experience of that. Well, okay, this is the deal. We've got to be real with this. No matter how long you're in business, you're going to have great clients and clients that aren't so great. It's just life. You know, we all want to get all, I call them diamond clients. And I did develop, you know, this theory about the diamond client, okay, and diamond client attraction. Because we, the clearer, this is the thing, the clearer we are about the characteristics of what makes a good client for us, the more of those clients we're going to get because what you focus on grows. So it's all about, to me, it's like your why is being clear. The kind of client that you want, if you're really clear about that, you will bring in more of those clients because you're clear. And you know what you're going for. However, n- all of us know that you're still going to, life is not perfect. You still will get clients that maybe aren't diamond. They're fine. And you're still going to get some nightmare clients that seemed like they were diamond clients, but then they come in and you're like, whoa, this is not what we thought it was going to be because human nature and personality and not everybody's the same. And we have to honor that, that we can't analyze everything. And we also cannot know how people are going to act. We can't determine how people are going to act, right? True. Yeah. Um, see, I've got a bit of a different perspective in life, and then that's just been my experiences. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make one thing wrong or right. Mm-hmm. This is just my experience. And um, I've been told I'm very aggressive or too aggressive sometimes. And I used to think about it and try to figure that out. And uh, every time I tried to figure that out, that's when things went sour for me. So, mm-hmm. so I learned that I'm an aggressive person, and i just happy with that, and I don't care. And (laughs) because it works for me, right? right? So (laughs) it's one of those things that uh, like, and not everybody's that I'm not that calm, you know, easygoing, slow paced kind of person. I'm a go, 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 go. It's more for me. It's more of why hasn't it been done yesterday? I shouldn't have to ask, Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, I'm being extreme right now, but regardless. So the point I'm getting at is that I also, it goes, like I said, I don't believe we can all help everybody. I agree. And certain people that won't will, will clash with my personality. Mm-hmm. I am very quick to let that go. And I don't right. mean that in a rude derogatory way where, you know, oh, they're bad people. No, no, I don't think people are bad people. Mm. I just think that sometimes people are reacting to whatever circumstance. And sometimes even when somebody's not, you know, not right for me now, maybe it might not necessarily be that they're not somebody I could help. They may not be there they may not be ready for the help today. This is very true. Yes. Now I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Not every client is going to, not every person is going, even after listening to this podcast, there will be certain people that say, oh my goodness, she's the one. And there'll be certain people saying that is not, that is not my style. So it's about style. I agree. There are certain people that wouldn't want your truth. They want to be, you know, mollycoddled. I don't know. Right. There's certain people. Yeah. That also don't want, I'm very kind in my coaching, but I will tell people exactly what's not working because I want to help them. So I'm not going to say, oh, that's great when it's not. That's like bad parenting when you tell the kids, that's so wonderful. And it's not because that child won't progress because then they go through life thinking that me is really great. And it's not, I'm not saying that I didn't encourage my children because I did, but I'm, I'm just saying if something's not great, I'm not going to say, oh, that is so amazing. When they're little, you do that, right? You're not helping them to excel or progress. So I agree with you. People are going to say, John's not for me. 
I don't like aggressive people. Okay. So they're going to say that. Great. That's great. You just qualified and you polarized, which is great because you save time and they save time and nobody has a bad experience. I agree. However, I've had certain people say, you know what? I didn't want to work with you a year ago, but now I'm ready. I wasn't ready for you. I wasn't, I wasn't even, you know, I've been, you know, reading and, and I see all the, the rubbish out there and you tell it as it is and it's straight. That's what I want now. Some people come straight to me right away and go, you're the one woman came to me and she says, you're the only truth on the internet. I loved that <laughs> a little message. You're the only coach that I said, great. I love, I, I should start branding myself. The only coach that tells the truth on the internet, people that will gravitate towards your brand. John, there are certain people that would be like, John's the one for me. I don't like the nonsense. I just want it straight. He's going to do things quickly. Great. They're going to hire you, right? They're your people. However, some of those people that think you're great, some of those might end up being bad clients anyway. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's true, actually. And a lot of times, sometimes people say, I want the no nonsense. I want the aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then the minute you are, you know, you get exactly what you say you're going to deliver, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're uh, in shock and they can't believe it. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's almost like the entertainment because they like watching it, watching you be that, on, that honest with other people, but they don't want it towards them. Right. But they're claiming that's what they like. Some people are like that too. And again, again, it's life experiences and that's all. Mm. Well, most, was, uh, most people. You know, I like find people fascinating. Oh, it is fat. You know, I was an actress for many years. So, you know, you, we're spending our lives studying character. So, and that fascinated me. So a lot of this is me and my fascination with character and people's character and how people act. And it's fascinating to me. And sometimes I don't take it personally. I just think that's interesting. You know, there's a point where you, you, you've seen so much human behavior that, that not much surprises me now. You know, not much. Sometimes a certain person doing something surprises me because it seems out of left field. But then you sort of think, that's true, actually. Some of the other things they did kind of were the foreshadowing <laughs> of that happening, right? But but sometimes I, I, yeah, exactly. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, you know, sometimes it's out of left field because that's human nature. And I, I think that people generally panic a lot. You know, they panic and then they act out of, out of, out of their nature sometimes, but it is fascinating. And my goal is not to analyze people. My goal is though, on a sales call, I do analyze whether this is going to work or not. I mean, there's so many times where I just gently say, yeah, I don't think this is going to work for you. You know, God bless, because I don't want that client sometimes. I'm like, this is, I'm just thinking this is going to be a nightmare. Mainly I'm watching out for people that won't do the work, that, that aren't open We'll coach them up the wazoo. We'll coach them with anything they need, emotional stuff, whatever. And if they say, look, if you're going to help me, I'm going to do the work. Great. We'll do whatever it takes to coach you. But there are certain people I can tell will never do the work because they just want everything to fall on their head. Yeah. 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 You're right. So there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of ideas, a lot of talk, and uh, they won't lift their finger to do it though. Right. So it is what it is. I mean, I, again, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Yep. And the, and the objective is to help the ones that want the help not necessarily try to force people who don't want the help to get it. Oh yeah. I mean, one should never be forcing anybody because it really should be, Hey, you know, I need your help. Great. Let's talk. This is what we do. We can help. Yes or no. Do you want to do it? That should really be it really. Right. Analyzing whether it's a fit and then if they don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Now, what advice would you have for someone who's watched this and they've been working their job and they didn't really want to work their job, mm. but it's one of those things. They want to do their own thing. They have a couple of ideas, but they're hesitant and scared. What would you say to that person? Actually, one woman said this today. I'm so scared. 
And I said, welcome to the human race because everyone's scared. Even people that pretend they're not scared. And it's funny because the higher level you get, right? The psychology is that you're scared not to get to the next level, right? Like it's, it's not like, oh, we get to a certain level and I'm totally fine because that's not human nature. We want to get further. And it's like, oh, maybe I won't get further. Oh, I'm scared of that. But of course, there's nothing more fearful than actually being so close to the wire that you can't feed your family. That's real fear. So I would say to get clear again about whether you really, really want it. Because a lot of people go, oh, yeah, I'd like to be a coach. Really? Okay, let, let's dig into that. And then at the, at the end, they're like, yeah, you're right. I don't really want to be a coach. <laughs> so get clear <laughs> on not being an amateur. Like it, you really feel it's going to be a mountain to climb. That's all I'm going to say. It's always a mountain to climb. So it's not going to be a thing of from one moment to the next you're online and you're a success. Like you said, it is, do I really want to become a coach side hustle? Maybe because people, a lot of my clients have jobs and they're starting side hustles that then end up making more than their job and they can get rid of the job, which is a, a great goal. But you know, if it's a burning desire to actually change your state and lot in life, then do it. But understand you need to be committed and there is a mountain to climb and get somebody to hold your hand when you're climbing that mountain and not be lost. That's my advice. And find somebody that you trust. And you also have to figure out what do you have of value that could help us. Once you have that and then you get help, it's all good because that person, like we help you know, with, with the offer and price and how to go get clients. But it's extraordinary sometimes. And I've had clients just cry when they worked with us. They said, I never thought that I could go get online and in a, few, you know, a matter of weeks, have somebody pay me $3,000 to coach them on something I'm not even certified. They're just like, they can't believe it. And then once you do that once, guess what? You can do it over and over and over again because your mind knows you can. So I would say if, if you want to do something, commit really commit and don't have to do it. Don't sort of do it. Really commit and say, I am doing this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. It will change your life. I love that. Especially that word, that, especially that word commit. And I think that's the key thing. You got to commit to what you're doing. Love that. Awesome. In light of time, I'm going to get down to a couple more questions. Then we're going to go into what I call the lightning round. Okay. So the next question is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? How do you know? Mm, I, the feeling. <laughs> You had a successful day when you feel great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Awesome. All right. Last but not least before the lightning round is going to be for anyone watching this and wants more information or wants to reach out to you, where would they find you? Well, I'm giving you something for your show notes, but it's jeanomelore.com forward slash reviews forward slash. And I'm pretty sure you're going to put that in the show notes, correct? Definitely. Great. Awesome. 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 So let's get into the lightning round with question number one, which is going to be, what is your favorite food? And why? Ice cream. I'm just, I have a sweet tooth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when you said ice cream, it answered why. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like ice cream? <laughs> Other than the ones that can't have it for allergies. <laughs> awesome. Favorite travel destination and why? The Greek islands. Because I, I feel when you go to the Greek islands, you are really touching time, time past. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. I, 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 I've never been, but I actually want to go. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So next question is going to be favorite book and or podcast. Psycho Cybernetics, Maxwell Maltz. Favorite podcast, Tom Bilya. Yeah, I, I, I like that one too. Mm. I listen to his stuff as well. Awesome. 
All right, last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, mm -hmm. what you spend, you get to keep, what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Okay, okay. I would um, invest in startups to solve world problems. Great answer. That's unique. Awesome. John, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Absolute pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.